In today's podcast, I'm going to talk about how to read graphics, right? I've talked about it before, but I'm going to take this a little bit further and give you another example of how to read graphics, right? Now, below this podcast, I'm going to paste a picture that goes with this podcast so that when I read things off you and show you how to do it, you can understand what I'm doing, right? So, one of the famous cases we teach our corporate finance candidates, and we also use it for our other candidates to teach them how to read cases, is a valuation case and how a biopharmaceutical company or agribusiness, if you want to use that word, is trying to increase the valuation, right? It's a very scary looking um, graph when you initially see it. It's got EBITDA percentage on one axis, and you've got EV over EBITDA ratio on the other axis. So EBITDA is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization, and EBITDA is enterprise value divided by EBITDA, right? So it's, a, it's another ratio, right? And one of the things candidates do as soon as I give them the graph is they dive in. They just go in and say, okay, so Roche as an EBITDA percentage of 25 and an EV EBITDA ratio of 22. Hmm. But they're doing better than GSK on, or they're doing worse than GSK and EBITDA percentage, but a little bit better on EV EBITDA ratio. And then they'll start giving me some insights. I tell them, hey, hold the phone. This is how you read a graph. When you first get a graph, you must look at your graph as a map. Ignore the plots on your map. Ignore Roche, ignore GSK, ignore Pharmacy, ignore Aventus, right? Just ignore them understand your map. So what I teach candidates to do is first I would say, okay, what is EBITDA, right? Why is EBITDA being used for a pharmaceutical company? What does it tell you? Is EBITDA, what does it tell you, right? What does EBITDA not tell you? So EBITDA, I would say, is somewhat a bad measure for some, some pharmaceutical companies because the purchase of equipment, which doesn't always go under R&D, is a major expense. And I wouldn't understand why a pharmaceutical company or a company like BASF, uh, which is a huge fine chemicals and bulk chemicals company, would ever why would you want to look at EBITDA? I would want to look at earnings because the depreciation on some of the capital goods is going to be exorbitant, right? So it's not a very accurate measure. Then I would look at what EV over EBITDA is measuring. So EV over EBITDA, enterprise value is basically um, your market capitalization minus your debt and preference shares minus your debt. No, it's, it's, it's market capitalization plus your debt and preference share outlays minus your cash. Now, what, what does that mean in English, right? When you buy a company, you have to pay off the debt and you have to pay off whatever preference shares you have to pay off, right? So that's a cash going out. That's an expense you're going to incur. So, so you've got to add it to the market cap, right? And you add it to the market cap because the market cap is the price you're going to pay to acquire the company, right? You pay the market price. Unless they're doing so badly, you're not going to pay the market price, but that's very rare. So what we're saying with EV is that you, in, in, the true takeover price of a company is what you'd pay for its market capitalization, which is share price time number of shares outstanding, plus the amount you'd have to pay to pay off the debt and the preference shares, minus cash and cash equivalents. Because when you buy a company, whatever cash you have on the balance sheet, you're going to take it and keep it for yourself, right? So the acquisition of a price of a company goes down by the amount by which you took over the, the, the cash position, right? So EV is a way of measuring sort of the takeover price, but the biggest component of enterprise value, EV, is market capitalization. So EV is a roughly market capitalization, and EBITDA is a roughly earnings. So this is, in a manner of speaking, market capitalization divided by earnings, which if you have a vague understanding of accounting and finance, you'd know is what? The P-E ratio. Market capitalization divided by the number of shares, and then earnings divided by the number of shares gives you the share price divided by earnings per share, which is the P 
price to earnings ratio. So the y-axis has price to earnings ratio and the other axis has EBITDA, right? So again, not even looking at the placement, I would say I would plot a line across from the 15 on the y-axis and I plot a line up from the 25 on the x-axis, which will then give me four quadrants. And then I would ask to myself, what does it mean to be in each of these quadrants, right? If I have a high EV EBITDA ratio, that means my P ratio is generally high, and I'm producing a lot of cash. If I am, my EBITDA is low, and my EV EBITDA ratio is high, that means that I'm sitting where Pharmacia is, which means I'm producing less cash earnings, but I have a very high valuation, which means I'm more efficient. Per a dollar of earnings, I create more value for my shareholders than GSK, right? Then once I understand what it means to be in each quadrant, then I ask myself, what does it mean for each of these companies to be in each quadrant? So the case here looks at Syngenta. So I ask myself, okay, Syngenta has low earnings and low sort of valuation multiple. Not a good place to be. So should Syngenta be a DuPont kind of company, a GSK company, a Pharmacia company? What will it take for them to go there? And then I'll draw conclusions. And that's, that's a very clever tactic to read graphs. Don't just dive in and try to read all the points. Understand the map first, then plot your point on the map and tell you and ask yourself what it means to be on each part of the map. A very simple way to read things, but a very important way to read things. When I do complex corporate finance cases with people where the data is a bit hairy and we're doing this complex map reading, graph reading, I expect people to have this kind of technique in the way they read things. Don't just jump in like you know Indiana Jones. I want you to read the map and tell me what the map is saying and then tell me what a data point means on the map. Beyond corporate finance cases that we teach, we also expect candidates in any other type of case to apply the same logic and thinking. As always, I'll be happy to respond to comments.